Welcome to Business Conversations with your host, business strategist, Clive Ennevar. Clive is joined by expert guests as they talk business behind the scenes to give you the tools and insights to support your growth, security and serenity as you strive for your success. Welcome to another episode of Business Conversations with Clive Ennevar. I am Clive Ennevar, business strategist, and I help people discover clarity to more easily engage with more of their ideal clients more often. Today, I'm having a conversation with Alex Brookman about how to build profitable businesses as a force for good in the world. Alex is a strategy entrepreneur, author, and speaker. He has built and scaled businesses in Europe and Canada and led client projects across the world. His passion lies in helping clients build profitable businesses rooted in purpose and impact. In his new book, Alex presents a framework called The Nine Elements of Organizational Identity to help you build better businesses. He's hosting a global strategy summit in February 2022, and there is a plethora of things happening. Hello and welcome, Alex. Hi, Clive. How are you doing? Great to be here. I'm absolutely on top of the world. Thank you very much. And of course, that might seem odd to you because I'm in Victoria, Australia. Where are you? I'm in <laughs> close to another Victoria, but Victoria, British Columbia in beautiful Canada. But I'm on the other side of the water, so I'm close to Vancouver. Ah, very good. And your accent doesn't sound precisely Canadian. Where on earth did you get that? I couldn't pronounce a boat the way the Canadians do, so <laughs> it's totally clear that you immediately figure that out. I'm actually German. I moved here only two years ago. My girlfriend is Canadian, so we decided when our son was born that we would move here and raise our kid here. There you are. Who says men run the world? Yeah, whoever we believes are, we, that, doing what our lady wake up. Now, if you're into strategy, I'm into strategy, but tell us a little bit about strategically building your life. How did you get to be with a lady who's a Canadian and moving to Canada? What on earth drove you to all of this? If you think I built my life strategically, let's let's have a, a totally different conversation here. That was it was my life is everything but strategic. Life always explains itself in hindsight. I could tell you a beautiful story right now. This completely made up that sounds beautiful and makes sense but let's be frank life is what happens while you make other plans so it's not built strategically yes, it just indeed. life has a way of showing us many many things and it seems that some of them we don't expect and yet when we've arrived at them we look back and we say i'm only here because of what i did and that is totally true so wherever i am wherever i found myself in life was always a result of people that i met people that I talked to that, that influenced me and that helped me open new doors into experiencing a new type of skill or meeting different types of people. So in a nutshell, people enriching my life in some way. And in order to meet my, my spouse, I had to break up with my ex-wife. So there are always doors closing, doors opening, and some of them happen intentionally and others are more are less intentional so i guess meeting my spouse was kind of less intentional in that way but it led to very intentional decisions we then took together like having a child like moving to canada it is sometimes really interesting where you land in life when you don't try to control everything and just 
see what's happening. Just let it roll and roll with the punches. Life is a wonderful thing. There's no doubt about that. It's a tremendous journey. Speaking of journeys, how did you develop this idea of becoming a strategist or being involved in strategy? Where did you start? It's actually a very good question because uh, if you just go back like 20 years ago in my mid-20s, I had no idea about strategy. That was a fancy word for me without any meaning. I only discovered what building a business in a strategic way can look like when I was 30 years old. So that decade between 30 and 40 was really, really interesting for me in terms of learning how to build, scale, and run businesses. Why? Because I was actually involved in a real-life, big-time strategy program that my former boss ran for a large media organization. And I was lucky enough to be a part of that. Lucky enough on the one hand. On the other hand, you also learn what not to do and how not to do it because in strategy projects that size, rarely everything works out. So (laughs) it was really interesting to work with some of the biggest management consulting companies as a customer. Based on that experience, I said, okay, that is certainly my next step. I want to move from in-house consulting to strategy consulting. I did that and, and then realized that I need to shift again from a more process-oriented company to a more people-oriented company. So I became an executive coach and kind of two worlds converged in a way. The world where I am an executive coach and ask deep probing questions and help executives get their head around what they want in life. So those two worlds came together. The one world where I'm an executive coach and help people, executives, through asking deep questions, figuring out where they want to be in life, where they want to go with their companies on the one hand. And on the other hand, that passion for strategy as discipline. So I brought those two together when I started at a company called Strategic Leadership Group, which back then wasn't really a group. It was one person that founded the company, my former executive coach. So my coach, the the, the one that helped me through a lot of work. We, we joined forces and created that company together, built it in three countries in Europe and hired a, a bunch of really amazing people that we then worked together for almost a decade. And uh, when I moved to Canada, I realized it was kind of logic that I couldn't stay in my role as a managing director, managing a team that is nine hours away that didn't really work well. So we, even before I moved, we figured out a plan how to actually make that work. Very good. So like many people in business, you started out, fantastic idea. Everybody's going to love this. So you put, you put it into practice and all of a sudden people did love it. So you need to expand. You get more people on. All of a sudden, did you, like many other people, Alex, find that you were no longer there at the coalface where you really wanted to be? I was, until the very last day, I was with our clients in the boardrooms, working with them on strategy, working with them on deriving their leadership development efforts in order to help their leadership population understand the strategy and implement it. But in addition to that work, scaling a company also comes with a lot of operational duties and a lot of work that is more management related rather than leadership related. I always loved that part, but at a certain point, you need to realize that it's just getting a lot and you need other people to take those tasks off your hands. And while we built an extraordinary back office, there are still things that you need to take care of yourself. So 
it's a fine balance between staying on the front lines with your clients, feeling the pulse, if that makes sense. And on the other hand, running a company, which requires a different kind of skill set than helping clients build their strategy. Let me put it that way. Indeed. And it's extremely important, I think, that we we place our passion where it's going to do the most good. And many people in business seem to find the changes difficult. How do you look at a situation and go, okay, how do I find the right person with the right passion for that particular role? I think it's very, very old school. You need to talk to people. <laughs> That's the only way. You need to do your due diligence, whether you hire an assistant or whether you hire a project manager or whether you hire a consultant or someone who is, let's say, in a more in a management role. We did very, very thorough, very thorough job interviewing potential candidates. And it's sometimes when you take a look at it, you realize you are actually putting a lot of time and money in finding the right people. But let's be frank, for a company that size, anything that is, let's say, small or mid-sized, hiring the wrong person is even more expensive because you need to replace that person at some point in time. Or you need to have someone cover up for them all the time and do things twice in the end. So we always went with quality over speed when it comes to hiring. It's probably the only time where we go for quality over speed. Usually we are really about getting the ball rolling, then keep it moving forward. Especially when it comes to strategy, I always say, I would rather see a company implement an 80% ready strategy and learn as they go and tweak it here and there rather than thinking that there is ever going to be a 100% ready strategy. That just takes you a lot of time and you will never get actually out there and do something with it. So I hope that answers your question. <laughs> yeah, that takes us back to the old adage, doesn't it? That perfection is actually a journey, not a destination. Yeah, I totally agree. So we've built that business up and we decided it's time for us to move on. So just happened to coincide with arriving in Canada. What on earth could be in Canada that could distract you so much? I mean, other than a lady, of course. But uh, <laughs> goodness me, snowy, snow and skiing. Oh, goodness me. We've arrived in Canada and we've decided we've got to do something else. What was it that you decided you wanted to do? Uh, the first thing was I started to put an idea into practice that I had in the process of disconnecting from my previous world in Europe. I felt kind of guilty leaving my clients behind, even if I at the same time moved closer to the clients in North America. But you get the point, right? It just didn't feel as easy as I hoped it would feel. And in that process of moving to Canada or preparing the move, I talked about that feeling with a friend of mine. And, and we, we talked about options. What could I do in order to get over that feeling of guilt? And he said, what about handing them a nice present? And I was like, hmm. A nice present, like a bottle of wine or what? And, like, and the idea developed and we talked about it. And at the end, I sat down and wrote, started to write down my knowledge about strategy. And that felt odd in the first place because I never really thought about writing a book or something like that. Um, because my knowledge is not unique. Basically, no one's knowledge in the world is unique. There is no new things under the sun anymore, kind of, other than people that do research and really discover things. So I didn't really feel that I had anything unique to contribute until I realized that it's not the knowledge that people seek. It's the experience that I made with that knowledge and that I helped them with. So I started to write 
a little booklet, which then turned into a 200-page book. And that was probably one of the first things that I did when I moved to Canada to actually accept that this is going to be a book and that I want to do justice to that piece of work. And then I started to build a company around it, not necessarily around the book, but at the core idea of the book, which you mentioned in your introduction, the nine elements of organizational identity that basically helps business leaders, entrepreneurs understand that by designing a business strategy, they have a unique opportunity to touch all other related elements in an organization from identifying your purpose and desired impact of a business to understanding what principles are guiding you in terms of deeply rooted values, what is at the core of your decision-making until anything around training and development for yourself as an entrepreneur, but obviously also for everyone in the company until you end up at things like management systems. How do the operations of a company actually work? I've sat down and talked to people about it and I figured this is probably good stuff to build a business about. And um, that's what I then did, but I, I do it in a different way. It's not going, so the business that I'm currently building is not going to be a consulting boutique as I used to run. It is more focused on equipping people with the knowledge instead of going in and doing it for people. So more building courses and masterclasses that people can go through on their terms, experience the knowledge and apply it in that process and use it for their own company rather than me flying across the world all the time and doing that work. The main reason behind that is that I have a two-year-old son and I want to spend as much time with him as possible on the one end. And on the other hand, I know if I continue flying around the world like crazy, my carbon footprint will be so bad that I'm going to cook in hell for eternity. So <laughs> I said, no more flying around the world, only if necessary. I need to build a business that is not doing more harm than good because there is always a bottom line. And if I, on the one hand, help companies thrive and people to have successful careers. And on the other hand, I destroy the planet. My son will be 80 years old in the year 2100. For me, this is so far away, I can't even imagine, but I don't want to leave a world behind or contribute to destroying the environment. You know what I mean? For him. So I said, I need a different business model. And that's how things started to change. Excellent. And you mentioned earlier that it's all about passion and business being all about passion, everything being all about having the passion to do these things. You're actually helping people grow on their own passion through this process, are you? Yes, that's the, the basic idea. I don't tell people how to run their business. I help them run their business on their terms by giving them the structure and processes and tools that they most likely don't have. Because let's face it, most of us do not have a business administration background or a strategy background. I studied that stuff. Other people study other stuff. So I just try to give them the condensed knowledge of 20 years in that business industry and take it and just condense the essence out of it that they then can use to fuel their business. Going after what you love, but doing it in a way that actually helps you not to spin your wheels, if that makes sense. And spinning wheels is also not good for a carbon footprint. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> now, we did all that, but now you've embarked on this summit idea. Tell me, what, what on earth is this summit? So in February, I'm going to 
hold a three-day business event where I've invited 45 experts from around the world to help us with their experience and with their knowledge about building very, very profitable businesses. Don't get me wrong. We talk about profitable businesses, not-for-profit businesses. And while building those profitable business, doing the right things, meaning having a real positive impact on the communities, on the societies, on the ecosystems they operate in, but also on, on nature, on the environment. And so those three days are structured. On day one, we talk about creating impact. How do you actually use your for-profit business to create a positive impact? How do you do that? It's not a question we ask ourselves every day. So we're going to talk to people that know where to start that journey, how to figure out what the impact is that you want to create as an entrepreneur, as a business owner. On day two, we then give all the tips and tricks and, and strategies and tactics that I could get my hands on when it comes to building profitable businesses. And I've invited some people that should know, like Harvard professors that talk to us about value-centric businesses. How do you create something of value for someone? So value creation, value capture. We also talk to Simon, uh, to Herman uh, Simon, who is globally renowned, an expert in the field of pricing. He gives us his take. I mean, he's, he's over 70 years old. He has so many stories to share. It's absolutely amazing listening to him talking about value capture through pricing strategies. So it's really about building a profitable business because in the end, you only can do good if money is not an issue anymore for you because then you can focus on putting a legacy out there, doing something that is truly of value for other people beyond your own sphere. That's why this whole summit is called Legacy, the premier strategic business event. And then on day three, we actually take care of ourselves, us as entrepreneurs, because very often we put too much work in, into our businesses, neglecting our own lives, our own health, our families. And we talk about things like burnout recovery, suicide prevention, mental health, physical health, and anything around how to manage your energy in a way that you are up for success over the long game. Not just short-term sprints, but that you can actually successfully finish the marathon. Excellent. Because we all know, if we go and look at the numbers, that nearly two-thirds of businesses that start fail within the first three years. That's a lot of work for getting nowhere, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Not to forget to mention... You are a guest speaker in my summit as well. <laughs> Thank you for mentioning that, Alex. Yes, I will be there. And uh, <laughs> for our listeners, if you have a look at the post beside this, there'll be a link which will allow you to find that summit and get yourself some access to it because those three days are going to be absolutely fantastic. Just being able to get a good, clear view of what it takes to actually get a business started run the business, and then have the business delivered to you. What I keep saying to people, the very first thing that you want a business to do is give you a life. Because if it's sucking the life out of you, that is not a good idea. <laughs> you only have that one life. <laughs> exactly. So let's make it a good one. So yes, that link will be in the post beside our little chat. What do you hope you're going to achieve from this? Not you personally. I want to know, what do you think the people are going to get out of it? I know that the summit will not make me a single penny because that's not why I put the summit in place. It's entirely free to attend. People have a chance to actually purchase what we call VIP packages. Those give you um, lifetime access to all 45 sessions on the one hand and additional bonuses that I've prepared. But the real key is that all the money that we make 
all the incoming funds through the VIP packages, they actually go to two organizations. They don't stay in our business. They go to a childhood cancer research organization that sits in Germany that are one of the few companies that do groundbreaking research to heal terminal childhood brain cancers. And on the other hand, an organization that sits here in Canada called OceanWise, an environmental protection agency that is fighting to protect our oceans. And those are the two things that I'm personally passionate about that I've been supporting for many years. So that's where all the funds go to. This is my little way of creating a ripple out there and doing good while doing well. Excellent. That, of course, is a most admirable thing to do, but you can only do it because you've managed to build a business through the years, which helps people and therefore allows you to provide more help. Is that how it works? That's how it works. I mean, my business creates the money that my family and I need in order to live the life that we want to live. If I had to think day in and day out, oh my God, how do I pay the next bills? I wouldn't have the mental capacity to think about other things. So in the end, what I'm doing in my business is helping people go through the exact same process that I went through with my own business in order to make it a thriving business, which then allows you to think bigger than just the next month and the next paycheck. It's amazing what happens when you're able to think bigger, isn't it? I think everyone should think bigger. When I was 20 years old, my world was so narrow. In hindsight, of course, when I was 20, I thought I would know everything. I would be the king of the world. I mean, I guess that madness <laughs> drove me to where I am now, but in a, in a positive way, I hope. But on the other hand, if I think back, the only thing that I've learned in my life that I literally know, because knowledge is kind of an illusion anyway, the only thing I really know is that what I think I know now will kind of look ridiculous to me when I'm 20 years older than I am now. Because by then, I hopefully know so much more that that little knowledge that I have gathered in my first 40-something years in life will hopefully be very small in comparison to that. <laughs> Amazing, isn't it? How life shows us something and then later on shows us that that really wasn't much at all. Yep. <laughs> but it's a great journey. It's great fun being able to recognize all those things. Alex, the clock is against us, so I've got to let you go shortly. We we could talk about this for days. But before I let you go, what is the best tip you have received from a business conversation? I think it was the best tip that I've ever received was not in a business conversation, but in a conversation about business with a teacher, actually. And uh, what she said, and she, meaning my ex-wife, She actually told me once, don't go for second best, baby. And yes, that is a Madonna song reference. She she was just coaching me in a way, asking me questions, whether I really want to do what I want to do, whether I'm clear on where this might lead me to. And when my answer was, I'm not 100% sure, it doesn't sound like 100% what I really want to do. Then she said, don't go for second best. And that actually helped me rethink and take the pressure off myself to having to find my big passion in life very early. You don't have to. Sometimes it just takes its time. And if you allow that time, you will be better off in the long run. Not all of us arrive here with sufficient knowledge to get stuck into it as a teenager, do we? (laughs) (laughs) Alex, what is the top piece of advice you would like to leave listeners with today? Apart from actually signing up for the summit and attending us and sucking a ton of knowledge out of these experts, I would say wherever you are in your business right now, 
whether it feels right or it doesn't feel right, take the time to rethink what you do and how you operate at least twice a year. That is the advice I give every big company in every strategy process. At some point in time, you reach that point of now let's do it, let's implement it. And you need to pause and observe at least twice a year whether you're running into the right direction. Sometimes you're so busy and your head is down and you see the next step and it's still a paved pathway, but you don't see that that paved pathway will probably end soon and go down a cliff. So sometimes it's really important to stop and think and rethink how you run your business. Absolutely excellent advice. Most importantly, Alex, before I let you go, how can our listeners connect with you to start their own business conversation? You'll find me at alexthestrategist.com. On the website, there's tons of free resources from business health checks that you can run, from intentional strategy toolkits that are available for you. Everything for free. Download those resources. Start that conversation with you, with your team. And if you want to include me, be my guest, but no need to do so. I am really there to give you as much direction as you want. If you want to talk to me, find me on alexthestrategist.com. And that's alexthestrategist.com. And Alex is A-L-E-X, the strategist. Alex, this has been a great conversation. Thank you for being here. And thank you for all that great advice that you've provided, because I'm sure our listeners are going to absolutely love it. And I agree with Alex. Get on that summit. Have a look around. Suck out all that information, because there is going to be truckloads of it there. Get hold of it. Apply it. Make your business give you a life. Thank you, Alex. Thanks so much, Clive. It was a pleasure. Thanks for listening to another episode of Business Conversations with Clive Enova. Make sure you subscribe to future episodes via your favourite podcast app and you can find more business resources at cliveenova.com.au. 